Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision and our brand new season, FinTech Fuse. This is Theo, your host for the episode, and today I am very delighted to welcome a longtime friend of the FinTech Conference Circuit, Heather Sugg, to join us on the show. Heather is the Executive VP Public Relations and Business Development of William Mills Agency and a very, very familiar face at Finnovate. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you, Theo. It is a real pleasure to be here. Nice to catch up with you too. Yes, same here, same here. We have had a lot of fun moments in past conferences. I remember there was one where you and me and Mary ended up sitting in a pseudo prison in San Francisco. <laughs> that was a highlight. Um, that was quite fun. I don't remember exactly why they had a prison in the hotel, but it was a replica of Alcatraz. Yes. Of the cells. Yes. I have no idea what happened to that photo, but I'll admit I looked for it before this and I don't have it. <laughs> I, I will, I will, I'm sure Mary will have it somewhere, but it was, it was like one of those things, right? You, you go to the show and you know, you think you'll be listening to different speakers talking, you'll be watching demos, but the fun thing, if you ask me and don't tell this to Greg is always catching up with people. And, you know, saying, hey, how have you been? And keeping a pulse on what's happening around the world. And that's what I love. I love, that's what I love about meeting you. That's what I love about being a Finnovate. And so I wanted to ask you, from your opinion, how has the fintech space evolved in the past few years? Because some would say, wow, you know, there's been an onslaught of activities. But sometimes if you take a step back and look at it, like, has anything really changed? <laughs> That's a good question because we were just talking about everything that the pandemic brought our way before this as prepping for this. And there was a lot that we had been preparing for leading into the last three years where we were growing digital banking. We were talking about business services, but we weren't forced, I think, to make the rubber hit the road in fintech at the speed at which we actually were forced to do that when branches closed down. And when businesses needed to figure out how to get their PPP loans, uh, fintech was forced into a pace of change that we haven't been familiar with in the past. And things switched from concept and from a building stage into something where there were a lot of people in fintech that were heroes for the economy. Uh, they kept people's finances in front of them and accessible without branches and without physical amenities. They were able to keep small businesses getting access to funds from the government. And that's, I think, leading into a lot of future small businesses of services and small businesses and keeping Main Street alive that we're seeing today. And I think there's a lot that's still coming from everything that's happened over the last couple of years. Uh, financial health is starting to take new strides as people are making new lives out of what's come and what they've done. And uh, it's a whole new era for us. So it seems sometimes like we're still talking about the same topics again and again, but it's almost like talking about an automobile. If you look at it, we've had cars for hundreds of years, hundred plus years now, but the car itself has changed so much. So we talk about digital banking that we might've had websites and banking for 30 years but it does, it's nothing like it was. Right now, we're dealing with such a more sophistication, something that really does compete with your everyday e-commerce experience. Um, so in that sense, yeah, I think the acceleration and change has been substantial. 
like your analogy to car. I never heard that before because you're absolutely right. If we think about the function of a car that hasn't changed, we go from point A to point B. But what we do in the journey, how we get from point A to point B, that has changed drastically. And even what a car can do, you know, the embedded payment function, for example, in some vehicles, the ability for the car to auto-navigate, although we're not going to talk about exactly how well that is doing, but <laughs> the the potential of being able to do that, that has changed a lot. So I, I might have to borrow the analogy. I will credit you, but I love that. Um, it's an amazing way of thinking about evolution of moving movement of money, if you will. So let's talk about one of the most hyped trends of the year, since we're talking about driving, autonomous driving, and and all of that, what brings to mind is artificial intelligence. What's really interesting when I think about AI, where I grew up in Asia, we often look at it as something that is helpful, that advanced human well-being. When I was growing up, I remember friendly robots, cartoons that, you know, help us do things, right? Mm -hmm. Become more productive. But when we look back at the what people talk about this, yeah, generative AI to be specific, mm -hmm. I am having a little bit of trouble of the narrative because it's, it's interesting for sure, you know, what it can potentially do in the space of art and text and, and um, marketing, for example. But is it reliable though? I'm not quite sure because we talk a lot about hallucination and um things that it's not supposed to be doing that it's doing, and we keep forgetting it is not intelligent. So I'm curious to hear from you, financial services as a regulated business, um, that might be a little something risky to use depending on where we deploy it. So where do you think we'll find the most interesting opportunities when it comes to deploying AI in financial services? You put the question so well, because there's a lot of industries that we can learn from in financial services. And we look to areas like retail a lot for things like user experience, but we can't look to them in this scenario. Generative AI is completely different. I think I read in the news this morning that there was a supermarket in New Zealand that was using generative AI to provide recipes for people to make the most of everything in their refrigerator to make the most bang for their buck. And then someone got in there and warped it and it started putting in household cleaners into foods and doing these terrible things. Um, we have to be so careful. <laughs> I know. Could you imagine? It's a disaster that we in banking would never overcome. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Oh, my God. Seriously? Cleaning? Yeah, I'll, send, I'll send you the link to the article. It was <laughs> it was something. Um but so we can't learn from that in financial services. What we have to do is make sure that there is a human buffer for that. I think it can support and aid bankers and support and aid fintechs. But it, it, having something that's directly human facing or directly consumer facing is an area that it will take some preparation and it needs to be regarded very carefully with an abundance of caution. Um, but there's a lot that we can do on behind the scenes with this. I think 
there's a CTO of a financial services company that said recently that that for coding, this can be used to make 80% of your code 80% right. So if it's taking and helping coders with that much efficiency, it allows them to be creative and to try new things all within the time and budget that they're allocated. We could see a lot more creativity and a lot more ingenuity come out of something like that. Um, But more niche solutions, I would love to see it helping with security and KYC and fraud because you know that the fraudsters are going to be using these services too. And there's a a lot that can be done from our side to help protect. Um, You mentioned marketing, and I think that's huge. I was at a user conference recently where half of the banks and credit unions at the table said that they found out their marketing team was already using AI. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully it will go into a disclosure somewhere. (laughs) Right. Or it just gives the person the idea and the starting point and they change everything from there and they use it as a a starting point. Because that's what I'd like to see editorially, too, from us. Uh, We have clients that play around with it and might use it, but use it for research, use it for background, uh, find the sources and use it as an assistant to really get out there and make your own ideas and your own thoughts and your own original content. So there's a lot that we can use, and I'm quite excited about it, but we have to be very careful. I like what you were saying, use it as um, a support and assistant to what humans do. That I can absolutely agree with, um, because the funny thing about a lot of these tools is when they are when they are deployed, oftentimes is looked at something to help us with efficiencies, to help us gain back more time to do something else. But I don't know about you. I feel like as someone in 2023, I feel like I'm doing a lot more than I used to before because of the tools. Sometimes like, oh, you know, since I can do this so much faster, now I can do more of it. And you end up jamming more things into your day that... um I wish as we start rolling out more things to look at efficiency, we really truly do try to free ourselves up from a little bit of work. So we don't have to keep churning and running around. Um, I feel like I do run around like a chicken with a head cut off sometimes. No, you're right. It's a culture thing that we need to be very cognizant of and be careful of. And I think we saw over the past couple of years, y'all took and we can learn from that. Um, It would be really nice to see this used to help us in areas that we're not strong as humans. Uh, If, for instance, a customer service representative, if it can give someone all the knowledge they need to know about the banking tools and services and allow them to build that relationship, then they can focus and do more on what they are good at. Or if they need help with empathy, if they hear people complaining to them all day, every day, uh, some encouragement on empathy might be nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. To that point, I did read that some companies are starting to deploy it as an internal tool to help people get access to information. So make it more like a closed loop system. Um, so those, it, it's helpful. It's, it's a way for us to, I guess, learn different things a little bit faster. Um, so that, that I can, I can see that. Um, there was another one that I read. That was a completely different direction. The They were deploying it in a way to guide customer service reps on what they should do based on what the tool here 
So it's more like an emotional uh, sensing AI. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it's giving guidance to the rep, like, hey, you know, I sense that this person on the other end of the line is a little bit upset and this is what you need to do. So those are interesting use cases. Um, but like you say, we just need to be very careful um, in how we're deploying it and what we're using it for. Mm-hmm. Agreed completely. And it's nice to see that we have some things like that coming out uh, and we'll proceed with caution. Yes, proceed with caution. Um, looking ahead, I want to hear from you. What are some of your predictions as to where our industry will be going? Because I cannot believe it. We are actually in the fall. Um, the year has blown up really, really fast. Um, and it's almost, you know, trend prediction time. So what do you think it's going to be ahead of us? I agreed with you. I, we were I'm seeing you at Finnovate next in the next couple of weeks is absolutely crazy already. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see we've made more progress in financial health than we've seen in a long time. And that's really exciting. So we'll continue to see some strong use cases there. And that can be broken down into a lot of subcategories too. Uh, fairness and equity, there's so much to be done. And I appreciate how the companies addressing it are addressing it in manageable bites. They're taking something that they can fix and fixing a piece of the pie. And if we keep making progress like that, if we keep helping bankers understand ways that they can look at things a little bit differently, it's going to start making some substantial changes. Um, There's a new term out there, age tech, for the solutions that are being built to help the elderly and the aging population. Uh, and that's absolutely needed in today's digital environment to making sure that they're not being taken advantage of, that their money is being protected for them and that everything is done well. It's amazing what we can do now that everything is digital to help with our valuable elderly generations. Um, there's also the young generation right now that needs just as much or more help. People that are new income earners. It's a really hard economy right now. If you look at average car payments, uh, trying to buy a home in today's housing market, you have so many people that got finance rates for their homes at 3% that are not going to sell these homes. Uh, it's a hard market for them. Alex Johnson wrote a post about a Birkin or house about someone who literally was making the decision about saving up for their fashion and their other priorities or investing properly in their future. And uh, that's something where I think fintech and bankers can do a lot for education and support and help change uh, some of the mental status to, to bring people to a new level in a very difficult economy. I um, I chuckled when you were talking about HTAC. That was actually how I got started in FinTech quite a few years ago, was um, my work with the team in ARP. And um, that was what brought me to the wild, wild west of FinTech. Uh, I still remember this was, oh my goodness, 2015, aging myself in here. Um, and uh, and this, I, I, was, I was in there, I was working with the team and we did a um, ethnographic study in Tennessee, working with a lot of caregivers and their aging parents mm-hmm. who were in the late 70s, 80s and whatnot and trying to better understand some of the tools that, you know, we were looking at if that would be helpful. Make a long story short, one full week in there, I went back to the office and I told my boss, I said, you know, I, I cannot do this. I, I just can't. I, 
I have to stop. It's depressing me. And he asked me why. And I said, you know, because day in, day out, we kept talking to all of these people who clearly needed help. They needed better solutions. They needed more awareness of what they need and where they are. But you know what? The one fundamental thing that we did not address was that they need better finances. Mm-hmm. They need money. Mm-hmm. It's it's impossible to try to tell people, hey, you need to live a healthier life if you cannot make ends meet. It's impossible to tell people you need to work out more and stay healthy when they don't have time. Time is something that a lot of people don't have. And so that was when I switched focus and started looking at fundamentally, how can we help people become more financially secure? And that was, that was how I started um, in FinTech because it is depressing in a lot of ways when we look at income inequality over the years, um, when we look at the median 401k that people have in the 50s, I I was reading somewhere that it was like a little over $100,000. That's the median 401k. Now think about someone in their 50s. We are a country that lack a social safety net. What are they going to do? We're going to tell someone that, hey, you know, congratulations, you're going to be working for another 40 years. I mean, um, I, I think fundamentally our industry need to do a better job as you say, helping the younger generations, the new the new income earners who are starting out, how can we help them better plan their finances? How do we help them think long-term? Um, things like, you know, a couple of years ago, Acorns, it's been amazing. People laugh like, oh, you know, you save $10, $20. But you know what? A lot of times that's what you need to get started. Same with Apple, the savings mm-hmm. card. Like things like that. There are a lot of things we can do um, because we we need to start somewhere. They're great examples. It's so true. Uh, It's really important for our society in general. Yeah, yeah. And small businesses, right? We say small businesses, 99% (laughs) that that keeps the economy going. Well, we we need to look at what they need and see what we can do for them. So before we close, um, Heather, I want to ask you, what is the one thing that you wish our industry will do more of if if you know, if you have your uh, magic wand, what would that be? Uh, you know, being working with so many fintechs, I've seen a lot of great ideas that end up failing or don't make it as far as they hope they would. And I would love to see more collaboration amongst banks and fintechs. And we've come such a long way in that field. Uh, bank fintech partnerships have accelerated a lot. We have accelerators that are helping them do that. We have companies like ICBA launching ThinkTech that's a client of ours. Uh, we got Bank Director that's launched FinX Tech recently. There's a lot out there to help. And I, I enjoy seeing that and want to see more of it. I think Banks and fintechs have learned to collaborate better. They're giving each other real solid feedback and working to make real use cases and meet real world needs with one another. So just working collaboratively and getting industry influencers and a well-rounded board of people together to help make some of these great ideas, make it for the long run and get out there and succeed and help our industry move forward. Uh, That'd be my wish. I can't agree more collaboration and uh, let's work together. Cause I think we do share a common goal. Mm-hmm. So 
Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Heather. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to see you again in person. Absolutely. My pleasure, Thea. Looking forward to it. And for the rest of our audience, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of One Vision. We'll talk to you all next week.